really what I wanted to, you know, the Lord has had it so big on my heart, really this whole year, um, is, is understanding, you know, as my dad gave the prophetic word at the beginning of the year that this is our year of the great harvest. Um, normally, you know, I'll preach about it for a couple of times and then I kind of move on, but it's, it's almost like the Lord has had me stuck here. You ever have that feeling like, you know, you want to move off of something and you want to go to something else, but it's like every time you go and try to move forward, the Lord, like, in your moving forward, somehow you find yourself right back to where you just were. You know what I mean? Like, I was watching, I don't know if I should admit this, I was watching The Matrix yesterday. I like The Matrix, okay? It's a really, I, I think they're swearing in it, so I cannot recommend it. Um, I got, like, a little app that takes out swearing and whatnot. Um, but anyways, there was this part in the movie where he's caught in the train station. Okay, this is the third Matrix. So he's caught in the train station, and he goes to run out of the train station, and as he runs out, he ends up, like, coming right back in the same spot. Like, he's just caught in this, like, endless loop. And sometimes, really this year, I found myself feeling that way, where no matter where I try to go, no matter as I try to seek out new re revelation, it's almost as though every new endeavor that I go with the Lord always comes back to the same point, and that is that God has called this year the year of the great harvest. That in every area of your life this year, God has a plan. He has destiny. He's spoken out truth over your life. And that truth looks like increase. It looks like better relationships. It looks like health in your body. It looks like strength in your bank account. It looks like promotions and better jobs. It looks like increase in whatever every area of your life you would say you need some increase. God has promised it from the very beginning of this year that we could experience this in every area. Increased influence and increased creativity. God has spoken to us that we could and we've been designed to live what he says is the abundant life. Say abundance. abundance. You were designed to be abundant. Now abundance isn't just you could write a fat check. Although, how many of you enjoy writing fat checks, right? We like abundance. Thank you, two people. I see those hands, right? Everybody else, you can give all your money to these guys because they want to write fat checks, okay? Now, we've been designed to live in abundance, and abundance doesn't just look like prosperity financially. Abundance looks like experiencing the fullness of God, the way that life that God would live it, the fullness of his presence in your life expressed through every single area of your life. That means you, have, you think good thoughts and you feel good emotions. That means that you feel abundance in your body looks like you feel good. Okay? Abundance in your relationships means that you get along. I said abundance in your relationships means that you get along. I released the anointing to get along, right? But here's the, rea the reality is that we've been designed and destined. We've been promised that this is where we've been designed to live. However, as I try to go off, but I keep coming back here because I realize that God, the very purpose of our lives, we've been birthed to grow. We've been destined to increase. I mean, the scripture says it like this, that we've been designed, the nature of a human being has been designed to go from glory to glory. Right, when we look at the example of Jesus, it says that, and Jesus, what, grew in wisdom and in stature. We were designed, our life was designed to continue to get better. Every year, every day, should be, maybe just a little bit, better 
than the last day was. But what I found is, and my dad so often says this, is that so often what happens is, is that we get stuck in a cycle where either yesterday or today looks the same as yesterday, or maybe today looks a little bit worse. How many of you would say, that's not abundance? It's not abundance that I would stay stuck in the same place for the next 15 years of my life. It's not abundance that I would not have good relationships and that would maybe potentially end in divorce. That's not the will of the Lord for any person. And God has released to us an anointing in order to see those situations in our life turn around. Okay, it looks like this. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2 says this. Beloved, I pray. One, one translation says, I pray above all else. This one says, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in health physically just as your soul prospers. This is God's highest desire in our life that we would prosper as our soul prospers. 1 Corinthians 9 says it like this. And God is able... To make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything and abound to every good work. You want me to read that again? I want to read this because I'll tell you something. This is what the Lord is saying right now. We are... This is our moment to step into abundance. Let's say it again. And God, he is able to make, close your eyes. Let me prophesy this over you. Your heavenly father who loves you. Romans tells us that he, if he was willing to put Jesus on the cross, what would he not also do for you. This father who said that he would lead you beside the still waters and restore your soul, he is able to make all grace, which is every favor and earthly blessing, come in abundance to you. So that you may, in all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency or be completely self-sufficient in him and have abundance in every good work. That, that's who you are. Say, this is who I am. Say, I was made to succeed. Say, I was born to win. Say, I always win and I never lose. Say that again. I always win and I never lose. Say that again. I always win. I always win. And I never, I never lose. I prophesy that over you. Yes. That in your businesses, yes. you will always win and you will never lose. Yes. In your families, I prophesy that you will always win and you will never lose. Yes. You don't ever have to lose. And so this morning, what I felt like the Lord wants me to tell you and remind you, I guess more than anything is that God's perfect will for your life is that you would win and that you would never lose. 
that his will for your life doesn't include, you know, going and struggling and suffering through hardships. And then maybe through the hardships, you learn a thing or two. And then through the learning and, you know, the grit in the tough times, that now all of a sudden something good is going to come out of your... That's not God's will for your life. God's will for your life is that in every situation, all the time, you would win and you would never lose. Why? Because this is the nature of our Heavenly Father. When Jesus was put on the cross by the Lord, what Jesus did was he went and took our place. He fought and won every battle that we are going to ever face, past, present, or future. That he accomplished everything that was necessary in order for us to experience life and abundance in every area. You are not fighting the devil in order to succeed in any area. The Bible says he is a defeated foe. He has absolutely no power over you in any way whatsoever. He can't stop the blessing from getting to you. He can't make you sick. He can't make you afraid. He can do literally nothing to you. The scripture goes as far as to say, touch not my anointed. This is a promise that we have been given that the enemy literally cannot touch us but there's one condition we must believe that this is who we are this is who we are and so often what can happen to us is that we can allow things of this world natural things things that people i remember i had this teacher you know who i was a really smart kid but i was kind of lazy you know it's a bad combo you know I was like a serious procrastinator. And so she used to say mean things to me. And I don't necessarily think, maybe they weren't mean, but you know how when you're a kid, you know, you think that it was mean, but really it was like she's just trying to help you, right? Okay, and maybe it was like that. But I tell you something, the words were spoken over me that uh, directly affected years of my life. Things that people have spoken over us and situations that we've gone through and things that our parents have said or done all these things, what can happen is we allow them to kind of overshadow us to the place where when we hear this, it's the year of the great harvest. It's like, yes, I believe that God can do it, but I just really don't know if I believe that God could do it for me. I don't know if God would do it for me. I don't know if I deserve it. I don't know if I'm good enough or smart enough or strong enough. I mean, I don't really know the Bible or maybe this is the first time you've found your way into church and you're just like, I just don't know. I mean, all these things sound so amazing, but I really don't know. Can I experience these things? I'm here to tell you this morning that you were born to win and never to lose. You see, I've been thinking a lot about, and really where I want to go this morning, is I've been thinking a lot about the prophecy that we've been talking about, about this September 22nd. Everybody knows, right? My mom had the dream, and then we had the dream interpreted or whatever. If you don't know that, it was on a Wednesday, maybe like a month, six weeks ago. Two mo- it could have literally been six months ago or six years ago or six days ago. I really don't know. I'm not very good with like time. But it's back there, okay? And probably on the name somewhere it will say prophetic dream or something. So you should watch it. But basically, like, I've been listening a lot to this because really what the Lord did through the vision or the dream that my mom had was exposed to us that we're living in this Kairos moment, which is a a very God-specific moment 
that God is desiring to, in our lives, bring. He's like opening a door to us that maybe previously was shut, but there's a door to us to experience, uh, to experience accelerated growth, accelerated emotion in multiple areas of our life. And so because of this, because I'm like, hey, heck yeah, Laura, right? Like accelerated growth, that's what I'm saying. So I'm thinking, yes. And so I've been really focused on what the Lord has been saying about this prophecy. And, you know, God is bringing us to this land of promise is what the prophecy is all about, that we're leaving the land of just enough and we're stepping into the land of more than enough. And we're coming into a time of signs and wonders and miracles and people catching on fire, like the good kind of fire, inside fire, not physical fire. Don't be afraid. We're not going to like shoot you with a fire gun or anything. But things are changing and hearts are changing and minds are changing and lives are changing and situations are changing. This is the season that we're in right now. And because of that, I'm saying, yes, Lord, I want to partake in what it is that you're doing. If you're opening up a door where I can just walk through the door and my life is going to change, I want to be a part of that. And so I've been going through this prophecy for a while. I mean, I pretty well pray it every day. I talk about it. You know, I do my confessions about it. And I've been going through it. And, you know, sometimes we could kind of just get into the routine of it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like we could do our confessions and sometimes you finish your, con sometimes I do that. Like I'll do my Bible plan in the morning, four chapters. And sometimes they're long chapters. Like it's like they're punishing me. Okay. <laughs> but I can read them and then I get to the end of reading it and it's like, Oh my gosh, I literally don't even know what I just read. Or do you ever have that before where you read something and then you open up your Bible the next day and you read the exact same chapter and you're thinking like, yeah, okay. Right, you're like, oh man, yes, we have some honest people in the crowd, thank you. But okay, because what can happen is that we can kind of get stuck there and sometimes what can happen is we've heard this year of great harvest so many times that when I speak it at the pulpit, it feels as though, you know, it's cool. Like, yeah, like, woo, great harvest, awesome. But it's like it goes in one ear and out the other when God is asking us, inviting us into this moment where he's saying, literally, I will change whatever you believe that I can change. If you believe that I can change it, we're walking through a door where the Lord is saying, I promise you, I will change that thing. And so I've been going through this prophecy and the Lord has been stirring my heart in it because like I'm saying, I want it. I know that God is doing it. I'm seeing areas of my life where God has specifically got his finger and I want those areas to prosper. And so I'm like, yes, Lord, let's have this. Okay. And so I'm going through it and going through it and I'm going through it and I keep going past this thing. I think it's literally at the end of the prophecy where there's a question in it and it says, what is your seed? Say that. What is your seed? I keep reading this, and it's, what is my seed? And it kind of does nothing to me, and I go through it again the next day, and I read it, and it ends with this question, what is your seed? And I read it. And finally, one day, the Lord stops me and says, well, what is it? And I'm like, what is what, Lord? And he says, what is your seed? And in that moment, I, I realized what he was saying. You know, sometimes what can happen to us is that we can get so focused on the harvest that we forget about the seed. You know, I love Mark chapter 4, and I love going there, I think, because obviously I'm my father's son, and so I feel like, yes, Dad, you got it, man. You're right. That is a great scripture. And I love going there and, you know, I love, you know, we're so focused on, yes, I want my heart to be the good soil, right? I want to be that fourth type of soil where, you know, the, it, everything grows in me and it grows 30, 60, and 100 fold. But the Lord stopped me as I was thinking about that and said, he asked me, Alex, what is it 
that produces the 30, the 60, and the 100-fold. And I realized that I've been so focused on the soil that I forgot that actually the parable is about the seed. You see, there's this amazing Christian adage that says it like this, that a seed will meet your need. Turn to your neighbor and say, a seed will meet your need. <laughs> I think it's actually a Kenneth Copeland thing. But as I began to listen to this, I realized that in the very beginning in Genesis, that God set the world up. He said it like this, that for as long as the earth remains, there will be, what, night and day, there'll be hot and cold, winter and summer, and there will be seed time and harvest time. Seed time and harvest time. And I think that so often what we can do is that we can get so hyped about harvest time that we forget that there's a specific moment that's called seed time. I mean, it would be like this, right? It would be like me saying, here's the deal. As soon as I get fit, I'm going to go to the gym. <laughs> right? It would be like, well, as soon as my relationship with my wife gets better, then I'll love her. But you see, sometimes, sometimes what can happen is, is that this is what we can do. We can say, yes, Lord, harvest, harvest, harvest. But what the Lord is over here saying, seed, seed, seed. Why? Because in order for us to harvest the 30, the 60, and the 100-fold return, I re receive that return when I have sown a seed. And this prophecy about this open door, there's this very specific moment in it that says, what is your seed? What are you going to sow in order to experience the growth of what I'm saying you can experience. Yeah. Now, sowing the seed isn't what gets God's hand to move, and now God, because God's hand is moving, he's going to bless you. No, something, the anointing needs to be able to touch something. The anointing for increase, the anointing for breakthrough, the anointing for whatever it is that you're looking for, where you want to experience abundance, needs to be able to grow, to act upon a seed. You know, at the end of this message, I'm going to challenge you with something. And you're probably going to think that I'm crazy. But, but hopefully you don't. Hopefully you're like, yes, brother, let's do this. Okay? I'm not going to take up an offering today. But we're going to do this. Because I believe that, as Mark 4 tells us this, what we reap 30, 60, 100 fold on the seeds that we've sown. 2 Corinthians tells us that if we want a bountiful harvest, that we must sow bountifully. Galatians tells us whatever we sow will produce a harvest. Luke tells us that when we give, it will be given back to us. And 2 Corinthians tells us that God will give us the seed if we don't have any. Increase yes. in every area of your life is directly followed by sowing seed. If you want to experience harvest, you have to find out, Lord, what is my seed? And so I'm reading through this prophecy, right? And I'm going through it. And this is just really where I'm at. Obviously, you can tell. And I'm talking to the Lord about this. And I'm going to the Lord now. Lord, what is my seed? Danielle and I were asking the Lord, Lord, what is our seed? Because I want to be a partaker of this. Because how many of you know, it's not just in the want to, right? There's a difference between I should sow a seed and I'm actually going to give a seed, right? You know there's a difference? 
Do you, you know there's a difference? Yes? Okay. So we've been going to the Lord saying, Lord, I need you. What is my seed? Show me what my seed is so that I can become a partaker of this great thing that you're going through. And literally, immediately as I do that, my dad shows up the next Sunday and starts talking to me about first fruits. First fruits. And so the very first thing that I want to know is, because, you know, I've heard about the first fruits teaching, but I really didn't know. And so I, the very first thing that I did was I went to Google because Google pretty much solves all of my problems, okay? And he's got the answer to everything, and I'm so thankful for Mr. Google. And so I went there, and I kid you not, these are the two things, okay? That this is the very first two scriptures that I read about, giving for, about when I give a first fruit. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says it like this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, and what? The first fruits of all your income. You ready for this? Then your barns will be filled, and your vats will overflow with new wine. He says it like this in Matthew 6, that he says, but seek first the kingdom of God. This is actually talking about first fruits. Seek first the kingdom of God and what all these things will be added unto you. You see, I believe that the Lord has, he's so smart, that he has literally got us tucked away in this little corner in time where it's like all of a sudden, you know, not like the cornflakes on the table, but all of a sudden the pieces are starting to come together. That I'm realizing that what God is saying is that if I want to be a partaker and what God is saying that I can experience, you know, increase in every area of my life, that that thing is directly related to my first fruits. The scripture says it like this, that if the first is holy, then so the rest Will be, if the first is blessed, then the rest will also be blessed. You see, the way that we go into and step into this new season, like Mike said in the offering, is the way that we're going to walk out of this year. And so here's my challenge. Are you ready? Yeah. Say, I'm ready. Because yeah. this is a big challenge. Now, this challenge is, Pastor Tommy actually gave this challenge to my dad. So this is not coming from me. This is coming from, like, the top guy, okay? It's really just coming down the line, and now it's making our way to us. So Pastor Tommy gave this challenge to my dad, and my dad accepted. And then my dad gave this challenge to me, and I accepted. And now I feel like what the Lord is saying is, because how many know the anointing flows from the head down? It flows, that, I mean, in the Old Testament, that's the way that it worked. They didn't pour, you know, they didn't flip you upside down and pour oil on your feet and let it run down to your head, okay? They didn't do that, because that would just be weird, okay? They took the anointing and uh, the oil, and they poured it from the head down. You see, I believe that what God is doing is he's releasing it, is he's pouring this understanding and this anointing from the head down. I believe that what God is doing is he's inviting us into this season. So, get to the challenge, right? That's what you're all thinking. Of course. Okay. The challenge is this. It's the 90-10 challenge. Ooh. Ooh. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, I knew he was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Tommy gave us this challenge. It's called the 90-10 challenge where for the whole year we're used to the 90-10 challenge, but in our favor. Right? Where... Ooh, I can feel, you feel this? Ooh, it's stirring, baby. (laughs) Where we give the 10 and keep the 90. 
You know, the first fruits... I don't know if you can feel it. <laughs> don't live based on a feeling, okay? <laughs> but I'm feeling it. <laughs> God is, I'm telling you, we are, we are living. I had the Lord speak to me about it, that we're living in the season of, we've talked about it for so long, this great wealth transfer. You know, the earth right now is groaning for the sons, the sons of God to be men, to why? To change things. You see, we talk about abundance in all these areas, and it's so amazing, but I tell you something, you know, yes, you're going to be well taken care of, but God has charged us to change a region. He's the one who said to us that we are going to create a region of righteousness in southern Ontario. And I tell you something, that takes abundance. So the 90-10 challenge looks like this. Normally, you give 10 to the Lord and you keep the 90, but really what the first fruits offering is all about is it's, when you read about it, it's an offering of thanksgiving. It's actually an offering of thanksgiving and faith because what it looks like is, is you're saying thank you to the Lord for all the amazing things that he's done that are behind you. And also thank you, which is faith, for all the things that you know he's gonna do that are ahead of you. And so this is what the challenge is, is instead of giving the 10, we give the 90. Instead of keeping the 90, we keep the 10. Now, maybe all year. Hey, God bless you if you want to do that. But this one offering, this one moment, I believe that what the Lord is saying is this. Will you partner with heaven? Will you partner with what I'm doing? And I'm not saying that this is what it looks like to partner. I'm not saying that you got to do the 90-10 thing. Maybe that's like way out of there for you. But I believe this is the challenge that the Lord is giving us because he's desiring that we would walk through this new door of increase right now. And this is what it looks like to sow a seed. You know, when Jesus looked at the widow who gave the might, you know, he saw all these people giving all this money and and he saw the widow giving whatever it was, the two mites. Let me tell you something, it's not about how much you give. But it's if you have one moment, one offering in a whole year to say thank you to the Lord, that's what the first fruits is all about. It's all about taking a moment. Why, yes, you know, is God, you know, is, does he need the money? No, we know that he doesn't need the money. You know, we don't put it in a special FedEx and send it to, you know, 777 Heaven Avenue. It doesn't actually go to heaven, okay? But what is it? It's our hearts. It is our gratitude. It is our extension of our faith, believing that God is going to do in our life everything that he says that he's going to do. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning, even in the quietness of this moment, I'm just going to ask you, if you don't have to move, just, let's just take a minute. You can just close your, bow your head and close your eyes. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable. If you're uncomfortable, I'm actually pretty normal. And we love you very much. This is all I wanted you to do. Just say, Holy Spirit, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear what you have to say. Say this, say, Holy Spirit, 
is this challenge for me? tell you something, it may sound crazy. Maybe you're thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to? This is when we step out in belief in the nature and the faithfulness of the Lord. So I want to encourage you, he said something to you, I know that. Write it down. Be brave. And let's walk through this door of increase together as a family. Let's take a step into the year, this great year of harvest that the Lord has spoke to us about. Amen. So Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We are, we're grateful, Lord, that you are challenging us with these things, with these challenging things because, Father, we want to grow. We want to experience the fullness in avenues and areas of your life. And Lord, we know that the way that we grow, the mechanism of growth in our life is that we would sow seeds. And so we choose this morning to partner with heaven in Jesus' name.